Grace, mercy, and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Where is Waldo? Perhaps you recall the children's book. Kids would look for hours at the pages trying to figure out where the silly character Waldo was hiding among a myriad of details in a picture book. It was the ultimate can-you-find book. It was unlike others where you looked at an image for many items. The goal in these was to find Waldo, the silly guy in the red, white, and black striped shirt. The questions two disciples had as they walked to Emmaus were possibly many as they talked about the things that had taken place. How could this have happened? Why? Why did he have to die? Where is his body? What about the accounts of the women saying they had seen him? Ultimately, the question was much more serious than the one faced in looking at a children's book. The question was, where's Jesus? As those living in the moment, they sought to understand what had and was happening, much like we try to decipher the evening news, things like the bombing raids that the U.S., French, and British forces made on Syria in response to chemical weapons attacks that they had perpetrated on their own people. Or should I say, supposedly perpetrated or allegedly perpetrated, as most of the news I have read has put it. Some will be talking for months and years about what is and has gone on surrounding the events of these last few days. This is what the Emmaus disciples were doing, discussing the events the last few days. The death of Jesus had had a pretty firm grip on their understanding of the events. As the stranger approached them and walked with them, they spoke with sad, downcast faces about what Jesus had been and the hopes they had had in Him. But now, where was Jesus? He had been in Jerusalem and sojourned with them to be there for the Passover. To sojourn in the sense that is used here is to have, a, have been a visiting alien, not a permanent resident. Many sojourned from far away to Jerusalem, but none as far as Jesus had come, entering creation from eternity. He sojourned with them now to Emmaus, but they could not realize their new companion in travel was Jesus because he was hidden from their view by God. Seeing and speaking to a man, their eyes were closed to his identity. Yet he walked alongside them as they recounted to him the recent events. He then chastises them. O foolish and slow in heart to believe in all the things the prophets spoke. Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and enter into his glory? Their Christology their study and understanding of who Christ was and what he was to do, in fact had done, was deficient. So he taught them from Moses, the prophets, and all the Scripture, the things concerning himself. All of Holy Scripture points to Christ. And he catechized them from Scripture about himself. He did it so they could see him in all that had taken place and understand what had happened not only in the last few days, but throughout the history of Israel 
as God was with them. Yet their eyes were still kept from seeing the identity of their sojourning stranger. God always sojourned with his people and promised to give them a redeemer. It was God who always mercifully bailed them out of their troubles, whether it was at the Red Sea or any other place. Troubles that were the result of their sin that caused them to turn their backs on God. He always sojourned with them, even if only with a remnant. Jesus sojourned to become man. He sojourned and taught his disciples. He sojourned to Jerusalem and the cross. And now after the resurrection, he sojourns with them to teach them what they do not understand. But they are still thinking, where is Jesus? They certainly did not have enough feeling within themselves to believe he was with them. You would think that those that had actually walked with Jesus and been taught for several years would have been able to have enough feeling or emotion to believe Jesus was with them, even if unseen. But the emotional joy was gone. It was overshadowed by his death. Death is a final ending for man. As far as troubling events go, it is the most troubling we have in this life. Instead of Jesus' death focusing them on his promises of a resurrection, his death took away their hope and joy and their faces were sad and downcast. How many things take our hearts and minds off Jesus and our love and trust in him and his promises? Jesus, whose scripture says, is the perfecter of our faith, faith in the face of worry and uncertainty. The list of worries we can have is endless, but you undoubtedly recognize a few. Money, they say it is the number one source of marriage difficulties, which brings us to relationship difficulties. And looking back at money, do you have your taxes done? Yeah, no, me neither. What about Facebook and all your data that is being scraped and sold to advertisers who probably know your habits and routines better than they do, or better than you do? And maybe that could be a little disconcerting. Sin happens in us. It's, it's the thing, Facebook and all these other things are outside of us, and they put pressures on us. But sin happens in us, and it can all lead to just not feeling so good in our hearts and our minds. And we wonder, where is Jesus in all this trouble that is around us and in us? The risen Christ wanted his presence to be known apart from seeing him face to face, as they had done for years. We see this in the meal at Emmaus. The disciples strongly urged this stranger to abide with them, to stay, because it was evening. An evening meal with Zacchaeus, an evening meal with 5,000 in the wilderness, an evening meal just a few short days ago in the upper room. There was a bit of a pattern going on Jesus had a pattern of teaching and eating. All the teaching he had done with the two disciples on the road was about to come to a climax in the breaking of the bread. It was what I like to call a BFO, or a blinding flash of the obvious. Perhaps you've had one of those at some point where 
maybe doing your taxes, you realize you left the number out, and oh, I am getting a refund of $2,000. Well, they had a blinding flash of the obvious. He breaks the bread and then disappears from their sight as their eyes are open to see who this one traveling with them was. And their so- all their sorrow turns to joy. Christ had instituted his supper just days earlier after a pattern of teaching and having fellowship at table with all manner of people, filthy people, sick people, broken people, sinners. He now shows us at Emmaus how he will from then on be present with us in his supper, but it will be unseen. It shows us how in this time of new creation our lives will be eternally joined to his in his presence. Sin had been recognized by Adam and Eve with the first meal recorded in the garden. This meal in Emmaus was on the first day of the creation after the resurrection of Jesus. It was the start of God's new creation in Christ. The first meal brought death, and this meal brings life. It is a meal full of grace and forgiveness that sustains the eternal life of all who are in Christ, who have been baptized into his name. Jesus will be with us in word, that is, his teaching, and in the sacraments he has instituted. It is quite simple, yet so difficult to sometimes wrap our human minds around. So we need reminders. A few years ago, I think in 2013, Pastor Ullman and I, and he's quickly going, (laughs) uh, we took some kids to St. Louis with some parents. It was a 7th and 8th grade catechumens. And we visited many Lutheran sites. We climbed bell towers in both the seminary and the church where Walther preached. We visited the LCMS International Center, the Lutheran Museum also. One thing really stands out from our visit with President Matthew Harrison. He wasn't there. Um, But we toured his office, and they probably should have been better at leading us through because of a picture of one of our unnamed 7th or 8th grade girls sitting behind his desk. Her feet weren't on it, but it just didn't seem right. The walls were full of memorabilia, crosses, pictures, places he had been. There may have been a banjo, and I believe there was even a mounted steer head with some theological significant note attached. But what stood out, and still does, was a simple bumper sticker that had been tacked to a bulletin board. It answered the question at hand this day, and it read, I found Jesus. He was in the bread and wine the whole time, versus looking for him every place else. This is what the risen Christ wanted his disciples to know and record in the gospel so that the word of God, Jesus' word, could teach it to us. It is how he is with us as we receive his body and blood. It is how he wants us to know him, his resurrection, and the power therein. It is for the strengthening of our faith so that our joy can be complete in him, no matter what our sinful feelings may tell us, no matter what our broken and sad condition may be. We come to his table, we fellowship with Christ. And we share the joy of his resurrection as we await our own exodus from this life of sin to a glorious resurrection like his. It will happen 
We have His promise to be with us until the end of the age. Jesus, the Christ, is with us. Christ is risen. Amen. Now may this peace, which passes all understanding, keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.